Becoming a member at Navy Federal Credit Union could help you to earn more and save more. Their certificate options could earn you more than standard savings accounts with competitive rates. Not all financial institutions offer you as many choices for savings options as Navy Federal does. For example, you can start your savings journey with a low minimum deposit, add money at any time, and watch your savings grow. Thanks to flexible terms, you can use Navy Federal savings options for all kinds of goals, short or long term. Navy Federal also offers equity loan options to help you get the funds you need to consolidate high-interest debt, work on home improvements, or cover any of life's big expenses. To learn more, visit NavyFederal.org. At Navy Federal, their members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, equal housing lender, membership required. Terms and conditions apply, loan subject to approval. Here at How to Money, we're always encouraging listeners to think about some of the different ways they can earn some money on the side to reach their financial goals. And guess what? While you're away, your home could also earn extra income. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling, because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. Yeah, hosting is a lot easier than you might think, and you don't need to Airbnb a whole house. You can just host your extra spare room. So consider becoming an Airbnb host, because your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Matt here for Health Aid Kombucha. This bubbly probiotic tea blended with real fruit juice is deliciously thirst-quenching and great for your gut health. Health Aid Kombucha comes in many flavors like Pink Lady Apple, Passion Fruit Tangerine, and Ginger Lemon, which is one of my favorites since it has that extra ginger kick. I'm a big fan, though the kids prefer the the mango lemonade. It's organic, it's non-GMO, and a great alternative to sodas and other sugary drinks. Just look for the brown bottle with an anchor in your local stores. Give it a try today. Make Health Aid Kombucha your go-to for a healthier, happier you. Upswell Marketing would like to remind listeners that most people don't belong to two gyms. They don't see two dentists or trust two auto repair shops. So when customers choose your small business over your competitors, they're really choosing you. Upswell Marketing's unique approach includes direct mail, search engine marketing, and social media ads. And in fact, that formula and media mix has fueled more than 10,000 small business success stories. And new customers receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. And today we are answering your listener questions. are taking our usual five questions on our Ask How to Money episode today. Even with the current economic craziness that's going on, a lot of the personal finance principles that we talk about every week, they still hold true. And a lot of the questions we're getting still reflect that. So we're going to cover the potential for increased cost if you're going to live in a big city. Uh, and we're going to cover long-term care insurance as well, which is one of those topics that we haven't really touched before. But I am excited to talk about it in this format me too, man. For sure. You know, anytime we're answering listener questions and we know that we're hopefully helping somebody out, makes me happy. <laughs> it's fun. But Matt, before we get to that, I think something else that might be able to help people out is just a quick tip. So my family, 
all went down with strep. Stay away from me, dude. <laughs> just <laughs> just this week, Ugh. there was a massive infection floating through our household. I was the lone survivor. And oh, so far, <laughs> so far, that's right. Are you taking preemptive medicine? Does that work? I should be. I don't know if it does. I don't know. We should consult a medical professional. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we will find this out before you attempt to take medicine. So nobody needs to email us. But if you want to consult a money saving professional, look no further because the best place to get your antibiotics is Publix. So Publix is a regional grocery store in the southeastern United States, and we live in the state of Georgia. And so Publix has a lot of locations, a new one near where we live. I had the prescriptions sent there. And man, it's awesome because Publix is one of the few grocery stores that offers antibiotics scot-free. Absolutely no money. Uh, no cost at all. Exactly. It's a beautiful thing. So I was able to, to get my family started on the mend for, for free, man. And you can also get uh, pet antibiotics there as well. I don't know if uh, back when you, you guys had a dog, but if you ever needed antibiotics, like pets oftentimes take the same antibiotics that we do. So amoxicillin, penicillin, uh, it just depends. But if you go to Publix, you can get those pet antibiotics there as well. Nice. Yeah. And so for folks that live in other parts of the country, by the way, Giant Foods and Stop and Shop apparently are other grocery stores that offer free antibiotics. Sam's Club too. Doesn't Sam's Club have... I think Sam's Club charges four bucks, I think. Oh, so it's like super reduced, but not And another way, by the way, to check out what a a prescription is going to cost, whether it's an antibiotic or something else is you know one of those one of those savings apps like goodrx.com and that's been a big help to me as i try to navigate the world of prescriptions because sometimes if you have insurance it's actually better not to use your insurance and it's better to use an app like that uh just depends right so it's best to to see what the price is at the pharmacy counter through your insurance if you have insurance and then also see what the price is on an app like goodrx and go with the best price. And you know what? It might even make sense to go down the street to another pharmacy to have that prescription filled because the prices can vary so largely from a CVS to a Walgreens to a Publix or a Kroger, wherever you're going. I feel like it's like buckshot. It's just scattered all just, over the place. You never know, man. Never yeah, know. Yeah, that happened to us. And Kate looked it up on GoodRx. And Walgreens, in our mind, is sort of like this kind of fancy, expensive uh, pharmacy. Typically, yeah. That's Isn't the way it? I think of it, too. That's just my general perception of Walgreens. <laughs> But uh, she was surprised to learn that the prescription she needed was way cheaper at Walgreens. And so she was like, well, I got to be fancy. Walked into Walgreens, got my prescription for uber cheap. And yeah, we're happy because of it. Yeah. And one other tip is Costco Pharmacy. Always a good place to go. And you don't have to have a membership in order to get your prescriptions filled there. So that is uh, one of the, the cheaper places. But GoodRx is awesome. They do a great job of helping people find their prescriptions for less money. Well, you mentioned Costco. And of course, I got to push back a little bit Hater. because that means you have to drive like 30 minutes to get to your nearest Costco. <laughs> well, so. Depending on where you live, some people might live closer. Yeah, maybe so. But <laughs> throw on a good podcast and you'll be there at the end of that Joe Rogan episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they are long episodes. Yeah. Well, all right. Let's take it to the beer. This episode, we're drinking green. And this is a beer by Treehouse Brewing Company. This one was donated to the show by Brian and Caitlin. Joel, I'm looking forward to drinking this world-class New England IPA with you. And we'll share our tasting notes, our thoughts on this one at the end of the episode. All right, Matt, let's get to the listener questions. And for everybody out there listening, if you want to submit a question to be featured on an upcoming Ask HTM episode, well, it's really easy to submit a voice question. Just go to howtomoney.com slash ask. There are simple instructions there for you to submit your voice question. Jen did this and let's listen to hers now. Hi, Joel and Matt. This is Jen from St. Paul. I'm wondering about financial preparations partners can take when they decide that one partner will step back from a career. That decision not only 
impacts the personal income of the person stepping back, but also their lifetime earning potential and level of job experience. And I worry that that will leave them financially vulnerable. What are practical financial steps partners can take to ensure both individuals are financially secure and protected? I ask because I've known several women who are financially devastated by divorce, and I'd like to help others avoid that pain. Thanks. Jen, thanks so much for that question. And I love your desire to help others. It's clear that your heart is, is in an awesome spot there. And so first of all, though, let's go ahead and start with how to prepare for becoming a one-income household. And the place you have to start is actually doing it now. Start living on one income before you pull the trigger and actually have only one income, right? You want to go ahead and amp up your savings now. By living this way before you actually need to, you can boost your savings and that'll give you a cushion that will create some of that breathing room, which will help you to kind of get used to that new normal. So you're kind of living it before you actually need it, right? You're almost doing sort of like a role play to see what it would actually be like before you or your partner would quit that job. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's that's perfect, right? Test it out first. And I think another thing to consider, Jen, is is maybe other ways to bring in income. Instead of going like 100% on to zero, not getting paid a dime, well, retaining some sort of work, even going Uber part-time with your current company or, or your, your partner, whoever, whoever it is that's cutting back in their work. And you're not saying Uber part-time work. Right, right. right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm saying like it, it, it go super part-time. Ultra part-time. <laughs> exactly. So maybe if it's five or 10 hours a week, even whatever it is that helps you avoid just this massive income disruption of going from making a set salary to making $0. And also it prevents a disruption in your resume uh, because that lack of work over a period of time reflects poorly to, to future jobs that you might want to apply for. So keeping that work history, even if it's ever so slight, five or 10 hours a week can be really helpful and it can make a big difference in in your income as a family. So to help prevent those lower future career earnings and also at the same time to be able to provide a little bit of a cushion while you're trying to live on that one income, having just a little bit of income from the other partner can can go a long way. Yeah, Joe, like you said, it doesn't have to be, you know, go from 100 to zero. It doesn't have to be black or white. You can kind of live in that gray that you like to so often, man. (laughs) Uh, Combining money and marriage, bottom line, it can be hard, right? Like so much of how you handle your finances together, like that can be based on your income, your money history, your priorities, things like that. And so because each couple can be so different in all of these areas, there's not an easy answer to any of these questions. That's why it's so important to create a system that works for you both. However, transparency is going to be key. So make sure that you allow for some individual financial autonomy while also keeping the finances visible to both of you. Um, So the idea here is that both of you are being involved in the finances. It's not that one or the other completely handles all aspects of it. Yeah. And I think, Matt, sometimes one partner handles the bill pay and the other one maybe keeps an eye on the spending, whatever it is. But both of you should be involved to at least some degree. I think when one partner handles all of the finances 100%, and the other partners left out of the discussion altogether. I feel like those are when I hear the horror stories of you know financial infidelity or or just a partner feeling completely left behind by not even being involved in the discussion at all. And Jen, of course, the context of your question is divorce, right? And it's worth mentioning since divorce is, is you know it can be so prevalent in our society, and it's certainly emotionally and relationally difficult. But you're right; it also has massive consequences uh, to your finances. And so uh, a quick practical tip is that when you're contributing to retirement accounts, it's important to invest equally in the accounts for each spouse. And you know, with money being the number one reason for divorce, we would recommend having 
open conversations with your partner and seeking budget counseling if it's necessary in order to avoid these deeper money issues that can lead to the ending of a relationship. It always makes me sad to hear of you know financial infidelity or just an inability to handle personal finances well, which can lead to you know, the end of a long-term happy and stable relationship. Yeah, man, money, such a, a big issue. That's why, you know, we want people to be healthy in the way they view money, healthy in the way they handle money. And especially when you can come together as a couple and be able to do that well, it can provide such stability to the relationship when you're not constantly worried about money. And when you can talk about it well in a healthy way, man, that's just a, a good recipe for for a healthy relationship. So uh, Jen, best of luck to you. And also too, I just wanted to say one last word of encouragement. Becoming a one income household is possible. And I know it feels in our current modern society, it almost feels next to impossible. Two incomes feel necessary. But I think you know the more frugal we can be, the more we can trim our spending, the more likely it is. And I know for Emily and I, when we went to that because it was her desire to stay home with the kids, I'm not going to say it didn't make me nervous, <laughs> but you know we were able to find a budget and a spending pattern that worked for us to allow us to do that. And when you prioritize it, when it's something that you really, really want to make happen, it's doable. It just takes the dedication to cutting back in other areas if that's your priority. And so, yeah, you can do it. Best of luck to you and your family. Nice, buddy. Yeah, it's totally possible. Uh, we've got a couple more questions. We're going to get to those right after the break. I think there are a lot of folks who start small businesses and they're surprised at the amount of behind the scenes, the admin type work that they're not all that thrilled about. Getting your books together with, uh, with some final figures so that you can file your corporate taxes, for instance. That's something we've been in the middle of. But it can really gum up the gears, potentially keeping you from doing the work you love. If this is you, you should know these three numbers. 37,000. 25 and 1. That's right. Yeah, 37,000. That's the number of businesses which have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. And one, because your business is one of a kind. So you get a customized solution for all of your KPIs, key performance indicators, in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need to grow, all in one place. There's a lot of power in the simplification of having all that information in one place. Helps you make better decisions. That's right. And right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash howtomoney. That's netsuite.com slash howtomoney to get your own KPI checklist. netsuite.com slash howtomoney. So we've mentioned on the show how we've got a Dominican trip coming up. We're going to celebrate, Joel, you and Emily. You're both turning 40 this year, so we're doing it up right. And a lot of listeners, they might have trips of their own planned. And sometimes those vacations can get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? Yeah, that's right. Why let it sit empty when it can be earning extra income on your behalf? It's a smart and practical thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you have some extra space in your home. Maybe you have a whole house to host. Or maybe you're going on vacation and your home is just going to be sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. Yeah, I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you've got two options. You can either let it just sit there empty, or you can do some optimizing and make some money off of it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home, it might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. 
Hey folks, it's Matt. I've got to tell you about something new I've been trying this year. I've been drinking a little Health Aid kombucha every day and I feel amazing. It comes in so many delicious flavors, but my favorite so far are Pink Lady Apple and Ginger Lemon. So what exactly is Health Aid kombucha? Well, it is a fermented bubbly probiotic tea that's good for your gut. It's blended with real fruit juice and it's super thirst quenching, a little sweet and a little tangy and very refreshing. I'm sure you've heard about the importance of gut health and supporting uh, your overall health. It's something I've read up on a good bit over the past year, which is why I've made Health Aid Kombucha a part of my everyday routine. Literally every afternoon I'll have some. It's super easy and it's affordable too. My favorite grocery store, Aldi, they carry it as well. If you want to give it a try and see how great you can feel, look for the brown bottle with an anchor and make Health Aid Kombucha your go-to for a healthier, happier you. A big part of being a responsible adult is taking care of the things you care about. For instance, my bike that I ride in to work on. I keep the tires pumped. I keep the chain greased. Gone are the days of leaving your bike out in the rain for weeks at a time, like a kid. <laughs> Simply put, the things futures are built around are the things worth protecting. And making an estate plan now means gaining security of your assets and peace of mind for you and your loved ones. With Trust & Will, you can create and manage a custom estate plan starting at just $199. Go to trustandwill.com slash howtomoney for 10% off plus free document shipping. As the primary breadwinner for our family, I've taken the steps to ensure that Kate and the kids that they're going to be taken care of if something terrible happens to me. Each will or trust is state-specific and customized to your needs. Their simple step-by-step -step process guides you from start to finish with ease. So get the peace of mind you deserve by creating your estate plan with Trust & Will. Secure your assets and protect your loved ones with Trust & Will. Get 10% off plus free shipping of your estate plan documents by visiting trustandwill.com slash howtomoney. That's 10% off and free shipping at trustandwill.com slash howtomoney. All right, Matt, we're back from the break. We got more questions to come. But this next one comes from someone serving in the military who's crushing it with their finances right now. Hi, Matt and Joel. My name is Cody, and I'm calling in from Fort Collins, Colorado. I'm active duty military, and I'm steadily coming up on retirement. I've invested in the TSP for several years. I also have a Roth IRA through Vanguard that I've had since the beginning of my career and have made max contributions to it for as long as I can remember. I have a high interest savings account, some CDs, and live well within my means. My question is, am I doing enough? Is there more I could be doing? I have a pretty large nest egg in that high interest savings account, but I feel like I could or should be doing more. I'm not super educated on all the things out there or available to me, and I'm somewhat risk adverse since I just got married a couple months ago and plan to start a family sometime soon. What do you guys recommend? Thanks a lot, gents. Hey, Cody, first of all, you are crushing it. Uh, sounds like you've got a lot of stuff figured out. Not sure you need much advice from Joel and I. I, I love getting the questions when we don't really have to do much because <laughs> I feel like they already know what's going yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. But I'm, I'm just going to sit back and drink my beer right now. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Cody is maxing out the TSP, which is the Thrift Savings Plan and his Roth IRA. Uh, so that's fantastic. You know, Cody, man, you are on your way to that Doug Nordman style of financial independence. If you haven't listened to that episode, look back for his interview. It was fantastic. Especially for military members who want to reach financial independence, Doug Norman like laid out the path, clean as can Ab be. Absolutely. Well, Cody, you can always be doing more, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you should, right? And this might even sound like atypical you know, personal finance advice, but a lot of this depends on your specific goals. And so with your recent marriage and the potential for kids, you might want to prioritize saving for a house. That will be a great place for your family for years to come. 
And then beyond that, maybe even saving up for your kid's uh, college in a 529 plan. Yeah, Matt, we typically are not like the biggest fans of 529 plans because people often prioritize them out of guilt and are doing that before they're fully funding their own retirement. But Cody is one of those rare people who is fully funding his own retirement. And so a 529 plan, I think, does make sense for him. Yeah, as if he's maxing out next two, step. Yeah, if he's maxing out two separate vehicles towards his retirement, like that is fantastic. I wish everybody that called was operating from that like as their foundation, like, right. as their standpoint. All right, but let's broaden Cody's horizons real quick. If he wants to do something uh, a little bit more and, and he wants to continue to crush it even harder, well, Cody, we're big fans of real estate. But there's a big learning curve there. And so uh, lots of folks just aren't interested in investing in individual properties. Matt and I have been doing this for a decade now. And we're, we're big fans of becoming a mom and pop real estate landlord and owning you know a handful of rental properties that provide cash flow and appreciate over time. And so if that is an avenue of investing that does interest you, we would suggest checking out episodes four and episodes 27 of this podcast where we kind of talked about uh, some real estate investing strategies. And also, you know, our friend Chad Carson, who we had on the show uh, a while back, and, and he's got his own podcast that's specifically focused on helping real estate investors. You know, we love kind of his strategy and his mindset when it comes to real estate investing. And that could be a great place to go if real estate investing does kind of excite you and maybe uh, maybe us just mentioning it makes you think, you know what, that, that, that might work for me. Uh, if you're one of those people, then we would definitely suggest you go down that rabbit hole. Yeah, but Cody, if you aren't into real estate, but you know, maybe you do want to see uh, more of your money that's currently in your savings invested instead, you'll want to consider opening a taxable brokerage account. And these can be perfect for folks who are using their tax advantaged accounts to the max, but still want to invest more. And you can do that with our favorite brokerage houses, of course, like Fidelity, Vanguard, M1. But just like all money that we have invested in the stock market, you want to make sure that you are able to commit to not touching that money for at least seven years or longer. Yeah, completely agree, Matt. And and one thing that didn't come up was whether Cody had any debt or not. I'm assuming because he's investing so much of his money and wants to invest more that he's not holding on to some sort of high interest yeah. debt somewhere. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, if that's... Hey, a, Cody's boss. He doesn't have debt. Right. That's my assumption. But Cody... If but you, if you do have debt... Yeah, if you do have high interest rate debt, then instead of going further with investing, start funneling money in that direction. But, yeah, especially if real estate doesn't sound interesting because it sounds more complicated. Man, if you want to go the opposite of complicated, just pay down your debts because that is you earning that rate of return while simplifying your life. All right, let's get to our next question. Uh, and this is one about long-term care insurance. Hi, Matt and Joel. Love your podcast. This is Sandy from Massachusetts. And my question has to do with nursing home care. We talk a lot about retirement saving, retirement investing, but I'm curious what your thoughts are on specific methods to mitigate nursing home costs. It's not something that we want to think about and we hope we never need it, but people are living longer these days and the reality is nursing home care is a fact of life for some people. I'm in my 40s and I've heard a lot about long-term insurance and wonder what your thoughts are on that. Thanks so much. Sandy, that's a great question. I, I was just assuming that your best friend podcasting buddy usually takes care of you when you, <laughs> when it gets to that point. Is that not, is that not accurate, Matt? There's a, there's a chance that might happen, but only if you play your cards right, buddy. But yeah, we can maybe we'll adopt you into our family. Okay. All right. In your old age. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> it's good to know there's that backup plan. Uh, but let's talk about long-term care insurance. Sandy. And nursing home costs and long-term care insurance coverage 
are, are really a question for the middle class, right? So uh, for folks with little to no financial resources, well, you'll be covered by Medicare when you get older. And multimillionaires, folks that have done a really, really good job of saving for retirement throughout the years, well, they can typically afford potential nursing home costs by paying out of pocket. And they can often come out ahead by avoiding long-term care insurance altogether. Really, the only people that should be even considering long-term care insurance are middle-class folks. Yeah. And we're, you know, Joel, we're going to get to the benefits here, but I'm going to be a downer as I tend to be. Um, and I want to talk about one of the big downsides to long-term care insurance. And the way I look at it, one of the biggest downsides is the fact that your premiums are not fixed and, and could increase over the years. And so while you might want to get a policy during your younger years when the policy is going to be more affordable, uh, that also means there's going to be years and decades even where you're not likely to even need long-term care insurance, but you'll be paying into that policy the entire time. And of course, you need to keep in mind the opportunity costs as well. Just think if you're able to invest your premiums that entire time. You know, you could not only pay for your care in your older age, but you could also, you know, pay for your your best buddy or maybe two of them. <laughs> All right, well, keep investing, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and long term care insurance premiums have skyrocketed in recent years. There have been so many complaints about people that bought a policy and have seen their premiums rise fifty, seventy, a hundred percent, and that freaks you out. It makes you wonder whether it's worthwhile at all. But if you can afford it. A long-term care policy is a nice thing to have, and it ensures that if you were to need nursing home care for an extended period of time, that it wouldn't bankrupt you. But this is where your individual situation is important. Like, What kind of health are you in? And do you have relatives or children nearby that would be able to help care for you if you needed it? So if you're in a position like that where you have an expanded support network, we would say that long-term care insurance probably makes a little bit less sense, especially given the cost. Yeah, if you're in good health and you have family that you can depend on, self-insure as much as possible. And it might even make sense to completely avoid long-term care insurance altogether. You know, for Sandy and our younger listeners as well, this is another reason to save more than you think you actually need for retirement to handle some of these unforeseen expenses. Yeah, these are the things that people you know, in their 20s and 30s, they're not, they're not even considering not thinking that. thinking about that at right? all. They're thinking about other retirement expenses. But I, I, I got to say, even for someone who's 36, Matt, and I've been thinking about this stuff for a long time, like saving for my eventual nursing home needs is something that has rarely crossed my mind. Yeah. And you know, one of the things I think that a long-term care insurance policy like this, like one of the other additional benefits is that if you're not going to save towards your retirement, maybe well enough, uh, like you should, and you kind of need some sort of structure, it's, it's sort of like a, a, a means of forced savings, essentially, right? Like if otherwise you're going to spend this money on a cruise or on a Tesla, Joel, on, <laughs> I, you know, I see you eyeing those Teslas. This is a way to kind of sock some of that money away for some of those later years uh, when you normally wouldn't do that on your own. Yeah. And so if you are actually going to get a long-term care insurance policy, it's important to look at a couple of the aspects of these policies because they vary widely. So getting a policy that requires more from you out of pocket will lower the premiums. You're almost splitting the difference by choosing a policy that puts more skin in the game for you. Choosing a shorter benefit period will also cut down those premium costs. These policies also offer different levels of inflation protection. So the lower level you choose, the less you'll pay in premiums, but the more you might need to fork out later. So if you really feel like it is right for you, splitting the difference and finding one that does require you to have more skin in the game, I think makes a lot of sense and will lower your costs now, but also provide some protection later. If you are someone who is looking for some long-term care insurance, just make sure that you're, you know, you're shopping it around. And just like with term life insurance, the longer you wait, the more that you're going to end up paying. You know, if you're able to buy a policy in your mid-50s, like a lot of times that'll make the most sense. 
if you're looking for some of that peace of mind. Sandy, for you, you know, you might be planning a little too far ahead, but... Yeah, she said she was in her 40s. Exactly, That's yeah, yeah. too young to be shopping for this. But I'm glad to hear that it's, you know, on her mind. Um, but when you do end up shopping, make sure that you check out Policy Genius. Uh, that is a fantastic site for shopping your rates. Because when you go there, you're not just looking at rates at a single provider. You're looking at rates across several providers, and it's really easy to, to compare apples to apples. Yeah, totally. All right, Matt, we got to get to a couple more questions, including one about how to lower the costs of living as you move to a bigger city. And we'll get to those right after the break. So we've mentioned on the show how we've got a Dominican trip coming up. We're going to celebrate, Joel, you and Emily. You're both turning 40 this year, so we're doing it up right. And a lot of listeners, they might have trips of their own planned. And sometimes those vacations can get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? Yeah, that's right. Why let it sit empty when it can be earning extra income on your behalf? It's a smart and practical thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you have some extra space in your home. Maybe you have a whole house to host. Or maybe you're going on vacation and your home is just going to be sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. Yeah, I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you've got two options. You can either let it just sit there empty, or you can do some optimizing and make some money off of it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home, it might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Hey, folks, it's Matt. I've got to tell you about something new I've been trying this year. I've been drinking a little Health Aid kombucha every day, and I feel amazing. It comes in so many delicious flavors, but my favorites so far are Pink Lady Apple and Ginger Lemon. So what exactly is Health Aid kombucha? Well, it is a fermented, bubbly, probiotic tea that's good for your gut. It's blended with real fruit juice, and it's super thirst-quenching, a little sweet and a little tangy, and very refreshing. I'm sure you've heard about the importance of gut health and supporting uh, your overall health. It's something I've read up on a good bit over the past year, which is why I've made Health Aid Kombucha a part of my everyday routine. Literally every afternoon, I'll have some. It's super easy, and it's affordable, too. My favorite grocery store, Aldi, they carry it as well. If you want to give it a try and see how great you can feel, look for the brown bottle with an anchor and make Health Aid Kombucha your go-to for a healthier, happier you. And now a word from the show's sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment is the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal, rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line, and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money is breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. I got my first life insurance policy almost a decade ago. And hey, I'm still kicking it. I very much hope that trend continues, Matt. And since then, I've actually added coverage via Policy Genius. And if you out there, you're listening and you're worried that this is going to be a massive pain getting life insurance, think again. Policy Genius made it an incredibly easy process. If you have loved ones who rely on you and your income, 
Life insurance is a crucial part of your financial plan. Not only does it provide a financial backstop for your family, it also gives you peace of mind too. Plus, the longer you wait, the more rates go up because life insurance rates typically increase as you get older. So if this is something you've been putting off, it's time to make it happen now. That's right. Yeah. And even if you already have a life insurance policy through work, it may not offer enough protection for your family's needs, and it may not follow you if you leave your job. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. So save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. All right, Joel, we are back from the break. And before we get to that question about moving to the big city, we're going to take a question about budgeting when you have a variable income. Let's hear it. Hey, guys. My name is Rusty, and I'm coming to you from West Texas. Being recently married, we are in the middle of creating our family budget. My wife is a contract designer for several different clients. The work is consistent, but the pay is not. What are your thoughts on actively altering our budget based on the amount of hours that she's going to bill Or would you create a budget each month based on the known lowest amount that's been planned? And if so, when you do get more hours, what do you do with that bonus money? Anyways, thanks for pumping out quality content. You guys have been paramount in helping me understand practical finances. Rusty, thanks for the kind words, man. And congrats on getting married. Matt and I are fans of keeping things simple and keeping your budget as simple as possible is definitely the way to go. We love the idea of budgeting based on the lowest potential amount of money you could make in a specific month. Yeah, that's the frugal option, right? Yeah, exactly. If you're sticking to a budget based on those guidelines and all that extra money is gravy, well, pretty soon you're going to have a massive amount of money saved and you're well on your way to a path to creating real financial margin in your life. So if that's a possibility for you guys where you can trim your budget to that point, that's a great place to start. That's a great base. Yeah, it's almost like the first question we talked about uh, earlier on, right? When Jen was asking about like switching to a, a single family household. But Rusty, for us, like early on in my marriage, we were in a very similar situation where our income was quite variable, right? We were pretty new to budgeting as well. And so in an effort to make sure that we were behaving and every single dollar had a name, we readjusted our budget every single month. Now, at the time, I was all about this, but I knew that this was a meeting that Kate kind of dreaded every single month, right? <laughs> and over time, I actually got tired of it as well. Like, I realized that even on our leaner months, like, there was only a couple hundred dollars worth of wiggle room where we could tighten the belt. And so it was a lot of work for very little reward, essentially. And so, in the end, what we found to be the most valuable aspect of our personal finances with a variable income was a healthy emergency fund, right? You can call it a cash cushion, slush fund. I don't know. Like slush fund has like a negative connotation, doesn't it? Agreed. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Don't call it a slush fund, but you know, a cash cushion. This allowed us to kind of even out those peaks and the valleys because we knew essentially that we had a basic sort of standard of living that we were striving for. We weren't living extravagantly. We were, you know, we kind of had a, a similar frugal mindset. And over time, we were able to trust ourselves with a budget uh, that we had planned out for ourselves. Yeah, Matt, you describing that makes me think of training wheels. And we just took training wheels off my six-year-old's bike. And she's like 
riding free now and it's so fun to watch but i think yeah the training wheels or you know the balance bike or whatever it is that that leads you to that place where you're riding on two wheels solo is such an important part of the process it kind of helps you figure out what the whole thing is about what the bike riding is about and so especially as a newly married couple having this kind of firm budget and sticking to it is really really important and living on far less than you make I think it makes a whole lot of sense. And, and particularly for people, for couples with variable income or for single individuals with a, with a variable income, having that stricter budget and that larger cash cushion, it makes so much sense to provide some sort of financial security. Because, you you know, as you know, for someone that has had a variable income for years now, at times it can be over a month that you don't see any sort of payment in the mail. Oh, yeah. And that can be tough. That can be tough. But uh, uh, Matt, I want to know your thoughts too. Rusty asked about extra money. Where where do you put that extra money then as of someone who does get a variable income? Maybe you didn't get a paycheck for two months, but you had the cash cushion to tide you over. Well, how would you go about allocating? Then you get a massive paycheck. How do you figure out where that goes? Yeah, well, that's a conversation that goes just beyond you know your monthly budget, right? This is when you want to make sure that you're talking about your bigger goals. And those should inform where you put that extra money in those fatter months. So for example, maybe uh, you want to save up for a home in the next couple of years. Well, you're going to want to funnel that extra money towards uh, a high interest savings account. Retirement, of course, uh, should be a major goal for you as well. And so finding ways to contribute to your Roth accounts uh, when you have that excess money, that should definitely be a top priority as well. Yeah, I like it. And don't forget to enjoy some of the fruits of your labors as well. I think sometimes, Matt, when we talk about money, we want people to be wise with their money. But part of that does mean enjoying the fruits of your labors, enjoying what you've worked for. And so, yeah, when you do have a, a bigger paycheck come in, obviously, you want to prioritize retirement. You want to prioritize those other goals, but also prioritize some of those things, uh, some of those other goals that are a little less financially savvy and a little more kind of rewarding. Be a little more fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. So let's get to our question about moving to the big city and the increased cost of living there. Hey, Matt and Joel, it's Chris here from Canada. I'm super excited because I recently got a big promotion at work, which not only comes with a nice raise, but it also comes with a big relocation to the greater Toronto area, which is obviously a large city center, much larger than the town of 5,000 people that I'm currently living in. And I'm trying to prepare for all of the additional expenses that are going to come with living in a large city center. Now, I'm originally from a big city, but it's been a really long time. And things like housing costs things like that. Those things I've got down. But what I'm really trying to figure out are these little things that maybe I'm just not going to think of right away or figure out until I get there. Or on the flip side, are there maybe costs that you think I could save on by moving to a larger city center? Any insight would be really great. Thanks so much. As always, love the show. Hey, Chris, congrats on that raise. And we hope that you like Toronto. I've never been to Toronto. They got that sweet skyline. Uh, Have you ever been to Toronto, Joel? I've not been, but I know that the Toronto housing market, the real estate market there is like crazy, completely bonkers. It <laughs> has been for a long time now. Well, Chris, we're glad that you've planned for some of these major costs uh, that will increase. But like you said, there might be some areas where you see your monthly spending go down. And so let's look at the, the hierarchy, essentially, of what most Americans and Canadians spend most of their money on every month. And you know, you mentioned that you've kind of got your housing figured out. But we're going to start with that one because that is typically where we spend most of our money. And we think there's uh, an opportunity here. 
Yeah. All right. Let's get into it, man. So Chris might have a, a decent housing situation or have at least kind of a, a handle on how he thinks he wants to, to go about it. But housing is, of course, going to be that way that more than anything is going to influence how much extra money you have to put towards the other goals that you have in life. And if you can trim that back in a major way, it's going to make a big difference. So we would encourage you to, to consider living with roommates and especially for a period of time while you're getting acclimated to the city. You might be thinking that you just got this sweet raise, moving to, move to the big city, and it's time to treat yourself, get swanky with an apartment that you have all to yourself. But we would say, uh, do your best to resist that and strongly consider living in a place with roommates because that is how you're going to be able to save by far the most money living in a big city. And Chris, next on the list is transportation. This is an expense that you could cut back on dramatically compared to where you're currently living. Uh, if you pick the right place to live uh, there in the city, you might be able to avoid having a car altogether because of public transit, which puts lots of money back in your wallet. The Toronto Transit Commission, the TTC, it looks pretty robust. Do people call it TTC or is that just you? Uh, I'm pretty sure it's TTC. Okay, I was, I was right. reading up on it. <laughs> <laughs> just like in New York, it's the MTA. Like No one says the Metro Transit Authority. Right, right. Except for the guy on the radio. Like... The doors are closing. Welcome to the <laughs> Metro Transit Authority. And so I'm going to call it the TTC. It looks pretty good if you take the streetcars into account, right? Like they've got the solid little subway. And then it looks like in the, the kind of downtown area, they've got a lot of the streetcars there. And so I think that that could be a, a massive opportunity for you to really cut back on your transportation. And don't forget too, you're not going to be paying fees for a garage if you don't have a garage included with your apartment. Oh my gosh. In big cities, garage parking. So expensive. It can, it, a, a parking spot in like... Like a place like Toronto, I'm guessing, or but definitely in like a place like DC or New York City, oh can can just massively crush your budget. Not it's to like, mention the fact that you have a car to go along with it. Exactly. Yeah. And then, and not only that, you're probably going to see your insurance costs increase moving to a, a higher density area like that as well. And not to mention just the everyday cost of fuel driving your car to work. And yeah. so these are all ways that you could really cut back on your monthly budget. Yeah. Get a bike <laughs> for sure. Biking around your city, you're going to become more familiar with this new city, right? And at the same time, you're going to get your exercise. You're going to get to and fro so much quicker. So then you're not paying for a gym membership. Yeah, we love bikes and that's really the, the only option we would say besides <laughs> the, the TTC, is that what you call it? Yeah, the TTC, baby. Okay, TTC or getting a bike, preferably even getting a bike. All right, let's talk about food too. Obviously, groceries are a category that's going to be difficult to, to keep at your current levels. Between going out with new friends, checking out the, the food scene, which of course in a big city, man, there's going to be so many uh, awesome restaurants that you might want to take advantage of. Well, specifically in Toronto as well. Like they, they've got such a diverse food scene there. I was, I was actually reading an article on it not too long ago, and they don't really have like a Canadian culture, which sounds kind of weird or maybe funny to say. I don't know if this is totally correct, but the, the way the article was presenting it was that like Toronto is sort of this melting pot. And so because of that, there is just such an incredibly diverse array of, of food options there. And I was completely into this article and I was like, man, I totally want to go to Toronto, <laughs> get a visit on, take a little vacay and just eat my way through the city. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's one of the best ways to see a city. Oh, yeah. So I'm sure that Chris is going to want to take advantage of some of those awesome places to eat uh, and also navigating in-town grocery stores, right? Sometimes, especially in, in higher density areas, it's harder to find some of the less expensive, some of the cheaper grocery stores around. There's probably not going to be a Costco downtown in Toronto. <laughs> right. <laughs> I know. That makes me mad. But uh, also, you might have uh, a smaller kitchen that just doesn't suit your needs quite as well. But there are so many ways for you to, to keep your food costs down. And, and so one thing we would say is try to take your lunch to work every day. Try to eat breakfast at home every day. And maybe set a max of nights out with friends to go out to eat to two or three per week. 
And at the same time, try to have happy hours with friends back at your place. And also, of course, you got to have that board game night, maybe once a week, (laughs) (laughs) once every other week. And those kind of things, bringing people into your place, as opposed to going out all the time, that's a, that's a big way that you're going to be able to save costs in the big city. And that's, that's the biggest pull, especially for young people when they move to a bigger town. It was for me, it's always like a friend every night of the week calling or texting saying, Hey, we're going here. We're, we're doing this. And it's easy to say no once. But if you have to keep saying no, it can be hard. So the more you can bring other people kind of onto your turf, I think is really helpful. Or if you're me, it's easy to say no, because that's not what I want to do. Joel, what you're talking about going out every single night of the week, I'm over here shaking my head no, because <laughs> like right here, I'm shaking my head no and saying no, because that's not what I want to do. But of course, man, you are an extrovert. That's how you roll. And I think, yeah, getting folks kind of on your turf, like inviting them over to do some of those low cost options, like let's cook at home. Like that's a fantastic way to keep some of those food costs to a minimum. Ramen noodle night at my place. <laughs> we'll put a poached egg in it. Yeah, exactly. that's all you need. Don't go to David Chang's fancy place there in Toronto. <laughs> uh, you do your own ramen at home. So let, let's talk now about entertainment, Chris. Interestingly enough, a lot of the smaller areas of your budget are often impacted positively by living in a big city. We talked about this with Liz Thames back in episode 134. There's so much awesome free stuff going on in so many cities, especially uh, a city that's as large as Toronto. Obviously, you've got the favorites like public parks and libraries, uh, but then there's free and cheap entertainment options as well, just like different art shows, comedy shows going on. There's concert series that happen a lot of times, you know, outdoor concert series in the summer. I guess that's a, a more of a limited window up there in Toronto, but there are <laughs> lots shorter of shorter summers up there. <laughs> there's lots of different options out there. Joel, you already even mentioned the, the free board game night. So keep in mind that there are lots of just different fun amenities that are offered in these large cities that are for free that are offered to the public. Yeah, Matt, in our city of Atlanta, there was like some science festival last month. And, you know, because of the way coronavirus took down everything, we didn't really get to participate like we wanted to. But there were some cool activities that were available for kids, for families, for free, for adults. Like there was like a, a sour beer uh, thing what? that was, I think, five bucks at a local at a local beer place. And uh, you could learn... Sounds like a deal. Yeah, you could learn all about the science behind sour beer. And so that's the kind of thing that doesn't happen in a small town. But in a big city like Atlanta, this science festival went on for, I think, three weeks. And there were dozens and dozens of free things that people could go to. And what a great thing to do with your kids, right? And so I would suggest to Chris to, to, to look for local websites that promote those free things in your area. If you can find a few bloggers that really cover the city well, and they're talking about the frugal and free things uh, to do in your city, yeah, those websites I think will help be a guiding light in helping you do the really cool stuff that's available for free around the city that most people just don't think about or don't know about. And don't forget one of my favorite things that Liz mentioned in, in, in our interview with her, but she talked about just like getting free stuff on the side of the road, just like walking home from work. She even did a, you know her fair share of dumpster diving. Uh, so Chris, like we don't want you to become a, a social pariah for all the weird stuff that you collect on your way home from work because you're walking, <laughs> you're walking home from work or you're C- taking the subway. couch over your shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you know, there are some benefits to, to living in such a concentrated amount of people. A lot of times you can score those those free home goods. Yeah, a place that has a lot of transiency means a lot of people having to get rid of stuff really quickly for way less than they paid, which means you can score a deal if you're kind of keeping your eyes open to, to furnish your room, to furnish your place. Yeah, and even if it does cost a little bit more money, right? I'm, I'm guessing OfferUp and Facebook Marketplace are way more active in Toronto than 
The city that he didn't mention. Sure. So. Yeah, yeah the, the city that has no name exactly. uh, that Chris used to live in. Yeah, Chris, enjoy this new move to Toronto. Uh, sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun and a completely different experience than what you're used to. All right, Matt, let's get back to the beer that we had on this episode. Today on the show, we drank a beer called Green by Treehouse Brewing Company. Big thanks to listeners Brian and Caitlin for sending this one our way. What did you think of it, man? Well, I thought very highly of this beer, man. This was a phenomenal New England style IPA. Kind of had that, you know, New England hazy color going on where you couldn't really see through it all that well. So stinking good. Uh, it kind of had some grassy, herbally notes to it. Sort of like this grassy brightness to it. Like, like maybe like a little bit of squeeze of lemon in there. It wasn't acidic, but yeah, it just was really good and maybe kind of think of uh, herbs and food. And I think that's because it's called green and I think it's messing with my head. <laughs> Did you say grassy brightness, by the way? Yeah. Okay. That's funny because... I never would have said that, but I feel like when you said that, uh, it, it made sense. It kind of clicked. Yeah, and almost it, like like a lemongrass kind of, yeah. like not balm, but you know, like, I don't know, just the sort of herbaliness to it. This is all I can say. I agree. Super bright, super hoppy, and it had that grassy brightness to it. Um, I don't know how else better to describe it. <laughs> Who would have thunk? <laughs> but you have a way of putting things into words that other people can't. So uh, yeah, that was. A, I thought it was a great beer. Love me some Treehouse. I felt like this IPA was really unique. And no wonder Treehouse has just like this magnificent reputation. Uh, this beer was really, really interesting and really, really tasty. We got we to gotta hit him up one of these days, man. It's going to happen. We're going to make it happen. Most definitely. All right, Matt. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. For folks that want show notes for this episode, we'll just go to our website, howtomoney.com, and you can find them there. That's right, man. And up on our website, we also have a lot of articles. We have helpful information on all sorts of topics like car insurance, like student loans. Uh, we've also got one up there about credit cards, the best credit card to use based on how you spend your money. And so if you are looking for a new credit card, we would recommend you to check out that article. And if you were to use some of those links to sign up for a new card, that supports the show and we couldn't thank you enough. All right, Matt, that's going to be it for this episode. Until next time, best friends out. Best friends out. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Upswell Marketing would like to remind listeners that most people don't belong to two gyms. They don't see two dentists or trust two auto repair shops. So when customers choose your small business over your competitors, they're really choosing you. Upswell Marketing's unique approach includes direct mail, search engine marketing, and social media ads. And in fact, that formula and media mix has fueled more than 10,000 small business success stories. And new customers receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. Hey, it's Matt here for Health Aid Kombucha. This bubbly probiotic tea blended with real fruit juice is deliciously thirst-quenching and great for your gut health. Health Aid Kombucha comes in many flavors like Pink Lady Apple, Passion Fruit Tangerine, and Ginger Lemon, which is one of my favorites since it has that extra ginger kick. 
I'm a big fan, though the kids prefer the, the mango lemonade. It's organic, it's non-GMO, and a great alternative to sodas and other sugary drinks. Just look for the brown bottle with an anchor in your local stores. Give it a try today. Make Health Aid Kombucha your go-to for a healthier, happier you. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today.